0: influences on the mind of the prophets, and so it's just uh, he said there was, there' was different people uh, i mean the truth is god spoken you know by uh, by a donkey one time you know so uh, you know and so that means that both basically anybody can preach and so uh <clears throat> but um and, and that just was a great testimony for myself and so but you know, the fact is, he used a lot of different ways uh, in the Old Testament, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing to hear God speak. And sometimes when you really get into the Old Testament, uh, there are times where you just think, Lord, could you just not talk to us that way? Because I'm trying to make a decision right now, and it'd be really nice if you just said, hey, you know, <laughs> this is what I want you to do. And I'd go, okay, I got it. Uh, instead of, uh, you know, but the truth is, if we will seek him, he will still speak. It's just now it's more in a still, small voice. And so, but he wants us to to listen to that voice. And so, verse 2, though, says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now, the word of God came to man through Jesus, for Jesus is the word of God. And, and, you know, a great, great verse to learn is one that, you know, is kind of uh, simple. Uh, and to me, I think everybody ought to learn is John 1.1. 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, that tells you real quickly how important this Word is. That tells you very quickly why people need to be more careful with this book. Because uh, some people basically take Jesus and cut a finger off. Or cut an ear off or cut a you know an, or poke an eye out and you say what are you talking about they they this is in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so jesus is the word so when we start really ripping and tearing portions of the word of god out we're in trouble and we're doing great damage so He's the heir of all things the the scripture says and and an heir can be an heir by birth or by earning it. And so yeah, that's kind of a unique thing because Jesus uh he he had he's the heir by birth. He's the, he's the heir though, he's different than most heirs. They either by birth or they heir by earning, but Jesus was by birth, yet he also fulfilled everything he was supposed to fulfill. And so uh, God appointed in this verse, and that word appointed means ordained or set or established. But what, what I really love is, is by whom, it gets all the way down to this, this little portion, by whom also he made the worlds. So Jesus, he says, hath in his last days spoken to us by his son. So he's spoken to us, amen, amen. by his son, who hath appointed heir of all things. And so Jesus is born the heir of God. He is the heir of God. And so, and, and, and then he says, by whom also he made the worlds. Well, you go John 1, 1. Well, if you go down to John 1, 3, it says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And, and I love that verse, because that, that really is a, a neat way of saying everything, just everything. Everything that was made. You know, he said, he made, uh, it, without him was not anything made that was made. And so, if it was made, he made it. And, and Jesus did that, so he's the word, and watch this, he's not only the word, he spoke everything else into existence. And God says, I did that. I made him to do that. And so, and I don't mean made Jesus, I'm saying that, that God said, this is the way that I, I ordained it to be. And so by now that which is in part has been done away. We talked about that. All the prophets of old had uh, had part revealed to them, and they prophesied in part. We talked about First Corinthians chapter thirteen verses nine and ten. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away. And there's a lot of different interpretations about that. But I just believe that then in the Old Testament, up in time, until the time we we have this culmination of our Bible, when Jesus came came along, you know, they they had all these bits and pieces of revelation, and then God brought it all together and we got it all now so we we don't honestly we don't need a forgive me we don't need a dream to tell me something outside the bible and and truthfully uh, we're going to address that before we even finish tonight but when Christ came perfect and complete revelation was revealed when verse two makes clear uh, uh, that perfection has come and he he is God himself revealed in the flesh of man Jesus the Christ and that's what this this very first few verses of of hebrews is trying to do it, it, it not trying to do is what it's doing It's making really abundantly clear who jesus is that's really all it comes down to is it's saying we're not gonna make bone bones about it when you get done with these few verses you will know that jesus christ is god he's god in the flesh and so and then the way he continues to do that way god continues to do that verse three it says who being the brightness of his glory uh, listen, just that terminology, the brightness of his glory. You know, it's the brightness that blinded Saul. Uh, you know, the, the brightness of this. This is an extreme. This is past. The sun is bright. This is the brightness of his glory. It's a past anything we can even look at. Moses, you can't even, you know, just wait to. you can see the hind, hinder parts of me. And so. And then, I love this, it says, and the express image of his person. Now, uh, that that is a great turn to me. He's the express image of God incarnate or God in the flesh. And so, express image by definition means an exact copy. And again, definitions are not inspired, but but uh, I think they're pretty close in here. It means that, in a sense, an exact copy. It means that Jesus is in the flesh, but he is still... Ex- exactly god he's he's in the flesh he's a copy but yet he's also exactly the same and so uh it, it's just it's just a wonderful uh, the way god praises thing and puts things together upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins set down the ra- right hand of the majesty on high jesus is not part god he's not godlike but he's he's very god and so, and he's upholding all things by the word of his power, uh, through the power of the word of God and the promises of God, when he shed his blood and died for our sins, and he ascended uh, to heaven to take his place on the throne of God. It, it just, it, this is just making it so clear that when he, he through what he did for us, when he purged all of our sins, and only God could see, could free us of our sins only god could purge us from our sins nobody else could do that because everybody else owes their own sin jesus had never sinned so he purged us from our own sin and and watch when he did that He's unlike you know any other man in unlike uh, what you know he's not just like he's unlike Muhammad because Muhammad's still in the grave. Jesus was arose from the grave, but he's also unlike the fact that Jesus is alive and he sits on the right hand of the father. And so he's there right now. He's at this moment ever making intercession for us. So through the power of the Word of God. Now, verse 4, and i kind of rambling through that and trying to run through it, but we're getting verse 4. Look at verse 4. Being made so much better. Now, this is where, a, where God's headed to. It almost looks like a thought change. But all of that, verse 1, two, 3, is trying to get us to see conclusively in our minds who Jesus is. He is the Son of God. You know, one of the things I do when I, when I counsel is, is I just I'll point blank and say, before we get started, I need to know something. Do you believe in God? Well, almost everybody that wants to come to a guy like me for counsel, they'll say yes. Then I'll say, do you believe that God has his word? Now, when they say yes to that, I'm going to be just real honest with you. They're going to have trouble with the rest of my counseling. Because here's the problem. What they want to do and what they think they want and what they believe they need to do, when it contradicts here, if you tell me this is God, I'm going to tell you you're not. So if this tells you to do something and you, you're wanting to do can I, different from what you're wanting to do, can I tell you, if this is really God's word and you really believe in God and you really believe this is God's word, what choice do you really have? Right. You know, I have them say to me, "Well, I guess I have to," and I say, "Yeah," because see, this generation, this world that we're in, I say, generation, this world that we're in, that's a terrible thing that I have to do something. I have to do what I don't want to do. Now, let me just tell you something. Uh, you say, well, God gives us a free will. He sure does. He gives you a free will to go ahead and mess up your life all you want to. But if you want to have God's blessing, if you want to have your life right, let me tell you, you have to do it. Because he didn't say a lot of things or maybes or hope sos he said, he said, do it. So, being made so much better than the angels. Now, what he's getting down to, he said, here's who I am. And Jesus is God. Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus, listen, he's so God, he created everything. And everything that was made, he made it. Do you understand that not only he did that, but he purged you from your sin. Not only did that, but he's sitting on the right hand of the Father. Do you understand who he is? And then all of a sudden, verse 4, he says, being made so much better than the angels. Now, all of us in here, we ought to think, well, duh. How many of you think you Jesus is above the angels? Okay, if your hand's not raised, we got a problem. We uh it, look, there's a reason though that he said this being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than that. For under unto, unto which of the angels, I love this one. I love how real God is and how he comes down to our level so we can understand it. He says, For under which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. You know, that's just kind of in your face. And he's actually talking to people now, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but he's talking to people that are having trouble now because they want to worship the angels. They think that Jesus is in reality another created being. And so he's saying, now, now let, me, let me just shoot you. First of all, I'm going to take three verses and tell you who Jesus is. I'm going to tell you who Jesus is, and there's no mistaking about it. And then he says, he's made so much, just gets direct. He's made so much better than the angels. So much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Look, you know what he's saying? His name is above every name. And then he just, again, he comes and he says, For under, okay, uh, and I love this. It's kind of like, really, you're worshiping the angels? Uh, Tell me something. And I I feel like sometimes a Greek says, Tell me something stupid. (laughs) What angels did he say he was begotten? Now, the truth is, they can't find that in Scripture. So, now this could be a strange passage, but it com- becomes more clear when you look at history. Matthew Henry uh, commenta- uh, commentary, I think, states it fairly well. Uh, a lot of his stuff, it, it kind of just kind of rattles around my brain, but this little passage made, uh, I felt like I said it pretty good. It says, Many Jews had a superstitious or idolatrous respect for angels because they had received the law and other tidings of the divine will by their ministry by that he's being he's saying that some of the things had come to them by way of angels well the truth is the you know the sort of the revelation the reveal you know angel came to 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 announce jesus and so they looked upon them as mediators between god and men and some went so far as to pay them a kind of religious homage or worship Thus it was necessary that the apostles should insist not only on Christ being the creator of all things, and therefore of angels themselves, but as being the risen and exalted Messiah in human nature, to whom angels and authorities and powers are made subject. They were at this time uh, mixing again, just getting, uh, I always think it's like Ghana you know they always say that it's just like they they take any type of religious thing and they and they add it on as one more bead to the chain. You know Mike and the, you know Brooke of course uh, for those who don't know it, they've been in Ghana for for many years now and but we go there and and and, and man they are, they're so willing to accept that and accept that and accept that but it's really just one more thing to add on to their their charm bracelet. And so and that's kind of what they were doing they you know the, you know anybody that came and did something wonderful let's worship them let's worship them and and they were actually worshiping the angels and so Hebrews 1.4 saying being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they clearly this was an issue as to who Jesus was and is and that's what he's doing here he's saying Jesus is above them he's so much better than than they and that's so much it means unlimited but uh, some struggle with the concept that he at this time the concept that he was not just another created being And so they worshiped angels, misunderstanding that it was, listen to this little statement here, I hope you get it, that it was not the angels who had power, but they simply acted and performed as God gave them direction and power. Do you understand? They worshiped the angels assuming the angel had power. They worshiped the angel because they thought the angel could heal them. They worship the angel, uh, no doubt. Even during New Testament times, uh, you know, when they when the angel troubled the water, don't you know that there were people around that pool uh, that that began to worship the angel, probably prayed to the angel, but it, the angel had no power at all. The angel has no power. The angel simply performs through the power that God gives them. Great things have been attributed to angels, and great worship has come to these created beings. Listen to this. Many many major religions have been started from angels. The Jehovah's Witness. The Mormonism. Mormons. Islam. It it goes on. The the whole New Age movement receives information from spirit guides and through channeling and automatic writings. You know what this is? Uh, they think it's angels well it could be fallen angels but the even christ understand christ was heralded by an angel but no apostle or prophet got their inspiration for scripture from the angel that's what we have to remember they didn't get their scripture from the angel christianity centers on christ's message and it does not come from angels The only thing the angel ever did in in Christianity was to announce the arrival of Jesus. And so, but you've got many things here. There's one, and I just thought I'd just throw this out and see how to the extreme, because we think back then, but you have to understand the reason we study this now is because there's no new thing, and there's no new thing because these things were known of old, and they were believed of old, but they're still believed today. There's a guy named William Branham, at the early age of three, had an angel appear to him. Again, at seven years old, he had an angel appear to him. In a cave in 1946, this angel appeared and stayed with him, giving him the power to discern people's thoughts and illnesses. In his services, later, as he became a preacher, in his services, he would wait for the angel's presence before he could start the meeting. He proclaimed himself. Finally, he got to the point. He proclaimed himself to be the angel of Revelation 3, 14. Many of today's healing evangelists point back to him as their mentor and influence. Men such as Benny Hinn and Copeland and, and Hagen. That whole word of faith movement. Now I'm not I'm not condemning every one of them. I'm not saying that they're all, you know. But I'm saying this man had a spirit come to him. And he developed his belief system through the angel. But remember what we had in part, we now have complete. So there's nothing an angel can add to this. And it's never given through the voice of an angel holy men of old wrote as they were moved by the holy ghost so some religions have communion with angels for their extra biblical books or or they come up with new revelation for new interpretation on the bible sometimes contradictory statements are attributed to some angel or to the same angel uh, just again, another illustration, uh, he, he, obviously he, an angel, no matter how long in between these two statements should not be able to contradict, contradict itself because he should not be speaking of himself. He ought to be speaking from the lips of God. And so God should be speaking through him if he spoke and therefore God who does not change shouldn't be changing what he said. So the, uh, uh, it's it's honestly in in the in islam claims to have you know of course a the uh quran and they believe the quran was verbally dictated by the angel gabriel and it was based on eternal tablets that are in heaven so uh, gabriel i guess you know was doing his saturday night reading and uh loud enough for it to be heard and y'all didn't get that but anyway the um uh, so Gabriel was reading all of this and, uh, from these tablets, and he verbally gave this uh, to him. Now, but in their own books or chapters, it states that God's Word cannot change. So in, in the Quran, it states that God's Word can't change. So if an angel several hundred years later comes with a different story, what's true? And, you, and here's the difference. In the Bible, the angel Gabriel's announcement of Christ to Mary, she told that he would be called the son of God. He would be called Emmanuel, God with us. That's what was announced to us. The same angel Gabriel told Muhammad that God has no son and that God is unable to incarnate as a man. He can't say these two different things. So this was a very dangerous thing that was going on here, and this is, you know, maybe taking more time because we here we think, well, my goodness, we don't we don't worship angels. Well, we we really need to be careful not to give them more, you know, uh, influence in our lives. And you know, look, I I'm, I love to have angels, but angels can't do anything God doesn't do, and so He does. He has our protective angels but i'm not asking them to protect me i'm asking god to have them protect me so an angel is a created being and they do the will of god god does not change therefore if the angel contradicts what god has already said he has to be a false spirit so and i'm gonna tell you if you feel like some, and i've talked to different people and there's people come to me and i've got i've got one that i, I see them probably about every three months and they'll and and she will she will tell me I, I have another i had another dream and i really feel like this is what god is saying and she'll she'll ask me if it if it really was what i think god said and so i'll listen to her and if it, what god that angel that dream told her contradicts what the bible say, says says well, will say, well you ask me what you think it means so i'll tell her what i think the bible says and i'll say i think that's what it means And she, she says really yeah i say yeah really Because it can't mean what you think it means. So, for unto which of the angels said he at any time, look at verse 5, which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. God poses a direct question that must be answered. What angel did I call my son? And notice this, God called his son my begotten, only begotten son but here he says "What angel did i call my son my begotten son now the scripture clearly i believe clearly makes a difference you see here that god did not say my only begotten son because there are thousands we don't know how many angels but we know that there's thousands of angels and if one were a begotten they would all be and so he says up there he says what angel did i call my son my begotten son he's saying i didn't say that to any one of all of the, those created beings i didn't say any one of those was a begotten he doesn't say only begotten because he can't say only begotten because it, they're all begotten if any of them's a begotten does that make sense to you and so that's the way god it, it, i don't know it means more to me that it seemed like it does to you but the uh the The word, the way God is so perfect in his word usage, if he had said only begotten, honestly, I'd be really really confused. Even though he said, I don't say to you, you're the only begotten. But God said, look, I'm trying to explain to you, I'm not talking about one angel, I'm talking about all the angels. So I didn't say to the angels that you were begotten, because I couldn't have said you're only begotten. He's saying, I want you to understand, none of you were begotten. Jesus is the only begotten. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life only begotten comes from the word and, and some of you have studied, know this or heard this it's, uh, uh, that it 's monogenes and then that both words only begotten were vital and necessary for it to have the clarity and meaning. It was one word monogenes, but it, but in our translation, it became only begotten it has <coughs> two this Monogenes has two primary definitions. The first definition is pertaining to being the only one of its kind within a specific relationship. You know what? Uh, This monogenes, this only begotten, means it is the only, only one. It's the only one of its kind. It's saying of Jesus, there is no other. The angel can't be a begotten because Jesus is the only begotten. There is no other. The second definition is pertaining to being the only one of its kind or class unique in its kind, so really both definitions really say the same thing uh, primarily is and that is is that he it had to be on, and not just begotten son, but only begotten, because he is absolutely there is no other like him. was, never, never will be and now why is this so important the the during this this time but again we got a lot of confusion because we got probably more religions and sects and different things now than we than they did then but back then they were struggling over this thing because God spoke in divers ways in the sundry ways and some of that he used angels and some of that he spoke through people and and dreams and everything so they they got carried away in all of the the things the emotion of it rather than the simplicity of jesus and so they got led away in confusion so it all culminates and to me it's so clear he did not call any angel his begotten but god is father in jesus the is the one and only son It culminates in this little segment and comes to a definitive conclusion in verse six and it says and again when he bringeth into i'm sorry let me get over here it says and again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world he saith and let all the angels of god worship him so he came in and he said here's who jesus is just make it real clear he's god he's not like any uh he's not like any created being he's he comes from god and he comes from god in a way nobody else can or ever will because he is god he's god in the flesh and so he he, he says, this is what happened. And then he says, okay, I, I make this clear to you because now I'm about to tell you this whole movement that you're in is a problem. It's confusing. You're caught up in, in spiritualism. You're caught up in, in these, these new age, forgive me, if it'd be back, it'd be new age movement of today. You're caught up in hearing these spirits. You're caught up in, 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 in letting them talk to you, and you believe them above this book. And God, he made it clear. So many things. He made clear who Jesus is. He made clear that Jesus is the word. He made clear that used, we got parts of it before. Now you got it all. So if you got it all, what can anybody else tell you? So he said, now... You've put too much into angels, and angels were created by God. Jesus was not a creation; He is God, and He comes on down to that last verse and says, "Let all the angels worship Him." Just makes it real clear. If you ever see an angel, and there's people today they see him. I'm not saying they don't. I don't know. You know, God do however He wants to. But I'm going to tell you this, if an angel tries to get me to go against the word of God, if an angel tries to speak something that violates the word of God, let me tell you, that's not an angel from God. And so uh, that's really where this is kind of all hidden. And and I hope that was abundantly confusing. And so, all right.